What's doing, everybody? Today is Thursday, July 27th. Special guest Rogan O'Hanley joins me on the podcast. You know him better by his handle, DC Drano. And there is a lot to discuss, including Hunter Biden's plea deal gets dropped, meaning that the smartest man Joe Biden knows will now have to stand trial. Plus, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has what appears to be a stroke while he's addressing the press live. LeBron James's 18-year-old son has a heart attack. Obama's chef drowns in a shallow pond behind his mansion. DeSantis is cutting staffers left and right. And RFK Jr. is being attacked by the Democratic Party. Plus, who does D.C. Drano think Donald Trump will pick as his vice president? I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. What's doing, everybody? I'm Alec Lace, and for the last five years, I've hosted an award-winning podcast called First Class Fatherhood. For the most part, I've done my best to keep politics out of the conversation, but I cannot do that anymore. That is why I've decided to launch a new show, The Alec Lace Show. So hit the follow button, and let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. The future is family. Welcome, everybody, to the Alec Lay Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for joining me. If you are on the live broadcast here on Rumble, as always, I ask you to share it. Get as many people in here on the live as possible. Always goes a long way to help me out. If you haven't already, hit that follow button. i got a lot to get to today. The, the news cycle continues to change rapidly. I know I, I asked Rogan O'Hanley to join me. We had a set of topics that I wanted to hit him with. Uh, I talked to him earlier in the week, and all of a sudden, the news cycle, boom, 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 keeps changing. And so trying to keep up with the pace here. We're going to hit on a few topics, uh, in particular Hunter Biden, who thought he was going to get this sweetheart deal until the judge looked at the plea deal and uh, decided to toss it out. So we're going to get to that and so much more, like I mentioned at the top there. Uh, before I bring D.C. Drano onto the show here with me, I just want to mention I'm getting closer and closer to the day I jump into the Hudson River and swim from New Jersey to New York with the Navy SEALs. And I can really use your help to raise money for the Navy SEAL Foundation. That's why I'm doing it. This is why the SEALs are doing it. The SEALs do it in honor of all the brothers that they lost on Extortion 17, which was the largest single incident loss of life in naval special warfare history. They also do it in memory of all those that lost their lives on 9-11. It's probably the best event in New York City all year long. It's such a patriotic event. Uh, there's about 50 SEALs that take place. Uh, there's also a lot of other combat veterans. There's firemen from New York, police. I mean, it's really just such a great patriotic event. If you've never checked it out, you got to watch it this year. I think you'll love it. Again, I'm participating this year in the swim, so I'm going to be in the water with the SEALs swimming across the river. I can use your help. I'm trying to do the fundraising for the Navy SEAL Foundation. You'll find the link to my campaign down there in the description of today's podcast episode. Any help will be greatly appreciated. And thank you for those of you who already donated. Uh, Your support is greatly appreciated. The money all goes directly to the Navy SEALs and their families. All right, so Let's do this. Let's get uh, Rogan O'Hanley, D.C. Drano, onto the podcast here. Let's bring him on. All right. Joining me now, D.C. Drano, Rogan O'Hanley. Welcome to the Alec Lay Show. Thank you, Alec, for having me on. It's an honor. All right. Well, a lot to hit on here as the cycle keeps changing. Right off the top here, uh, Hunter Biden's lawyer, the guy who was uh, ripping a bong on the balcony just the other day, has entered his client into a not guilty plea after the judge uh, threw out this bogus plea deal they were looking to get. And so now the questions seem to be, you know, will Joe Biden step in and pardon his son? Uh, There's a lot of things flying around. So what's your take on this whole thing? I think he's definitely going to pardon him if it goes through to a conviction. I think Joe Biden wants the illusion of justice, but 
what happened in this plea deal was typically these plea deals are uploaded to the court filing system. This one was not, which was suspicious. And it turns out there's a good reason. They had a provision in there saying that Hunter Biden would have legal immunity from any and all future charges based on current federal investigations, which weren't necessarily included in that agreement. And the judge said, what the heck is this? I've never seen anything like this. This isn't legally enforceable regardless. It has to be charge by charge uh, in the way they do it. So the judge basically threw it out and Hunter Biden pled not guilty. Yeah, and it seems like maybe they were hoping to just slip it in there and, and that would kind of give him the immunity they were looking for. And they were, I guess praying that the judge would just let it slip. But uh, thank God we're seeing like they, they keep we keep hearing on uh, no one's above the law. And then you know, when they ask about uh, what's going on with the press secretary, oh, he's just a private citizen. Meanwhile, he shows up with an entourage full of, uh, you know, Secret Service and the whole work. So he's not, you know, not treated the same way as regular citizens are, but he should be treated that way in the courtroom. And it's glad to see hopefully there's some justice done here. It just seems like we keep losing faith in the justice system here. But finally, uh, maybe we'll see something happen here. And, 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 and just along that line, do you think the, the, that the GOP here, do they move forward with the impeachment of Joe Biden? I know now some people on the left are saying, oh, it's going to cheapen the impeachment process, which I don't know how you could do that now after what we've seen them do with Biden, with, uh, with Trump, where they created this whole fantastic idea that he colluded with Russia, the whole phone call with Ukraine, and they impeached him on that. So what do you think? Does, does Biden get impeached? Well, you know, it's interesting with Trump's impeachment, he called Zelensky and started digging around just asking about Biden and Nancy Pelosi whipped up impeachment the next week because, as it turns out, the Bidens were getting paid $10 million in bribes. Never, I mean, We thought Burisma was bad. This is over the top, completely uh, uh, illegal. So do I think he gets impeached? Probably. I wonder if he'll step down before that actually happens, a medical type of situation. And, you know, Gavin Newsom comes in to save the day. I think there's a lot of things planned that are going to unfold next year. I think the GOP is delaying it for maximum effect, maybe for the general election. That's the only good reason I can think of, because at this point I was expecting three impeachments. Uh, if, if you're going to impeach our guy twice, we're going to impeach you three times. That's the mentality we need. That's why we wanted a $16 million fine against Adam Schiff and a censure vote, because we need to punch the bully back in the teeth at this point. And our feckless GOP has not done that thus far. There's no doubt that if the roles were reversed here and Biden was the, the Republican president, he would have already been impeached. There's no doubt about it because they go they play hard. They play to win. And it seems like the GOP is always just kind of like a playing just to stay even or catch up. And, it, and everyone's kind of sick and tired of watching it. And oh, by the way, too, they just happened to hold UFO hearings on the same day that all this stuff went down with Biden. Another diversion that always seems to happen that way uh, whenever something like this is going on. But now getting to the GOP, the Senate minority leader, Mitch McConnell, looked like he, he suffered maybe a stroke at the podium while he was addressing the press live. I'll run the clip here as I'm talking to you there so the listeners can see it here. But it, it looks like he suffered some kind of just you know brain fart or just some kind of stroke or some kind of mental breakdown here. Uh, is it, it, obviously, it's time for him to step down. Willie. If that was one of my relatives, we'd be in an ambulance to the hospital right now. And instead, they try to cover for him. They, they try to, you know... Uh, you know, they did walk him back to his office and hopefully does get the medical attention he needs. But listen, Mitch McConnell is my number one rhino enemy in the Senate. 
for what he has done to the American people, to the Republican Party, to, to Ukraine, in exacerbating that war with what he did with President Trump. Uh, he is an absolute disgrace. However, seeing him as a frail, old, mentally impaired man up there, a little bit of my compassion kicked in, but only in the sense that he should resign and go spend the rest of his days with his family because he's clearly not well. That man should not be dictating what could potentially lead to World War III. We need serious, fresh, sharp leadership, and it's, it's time for Mitch to go. And no doubt. And then you see one of the senators or somebody steps in. Uh, do you have anything else to say, Mitch, to the press? Uh, you know, are you out of your mind? This is, you can obviously see this guy's just suffered some kind of medical condition. They're asking, well, do you have yeah. any more comments? He stopped dead in the middle of a sentence. And, and just yeah. like you said, they're showing compassion. I feel the same way about Joe Biden. I dislike everything about what he stands for. But part of me, the human aspect of it is this is sad to see what they're doing to this guy. It's like, obviously, he's not all there. He can't speak correctly half the time. He's fallen over, fallen down. And I can't imagine why his family would let him keep going on with this. Same thing with Mitch McConnell. Uh, I think it's so sad to see. Uh, but but just switching gears here on, on you for one second. My oldest son, I got four kids. My oldest son is 17. He's going to be eligible to vote for the first time next year in the presidential election, which is pretty cool. First time getting to vote in a presidential election is a big deal. But he constantly asks me, it doesn't even matter. Does my vote make any difference? Uh, does my vote count? And I can never tell him with confidence, yes, it's going to count, especially after what we've seen. And I think so many Americans feel the same way, feel like they were robbed, that their vote didn't count in the last election. Uh, are there changes going to be made? What is going to be the difference? How can the confidence level come up this year as opposed to 2020? What's your confidence in the elections? Well, congrats to you, your family, and your son. That's quite a momentous occasion. Uh, hopefully takes after his father and his political views. So uh, it, it, I, I would recommend to him and to everyone else watching this, vote. Vote like crazy. Get all your friends and family to vote. Uh, I, I would say vote as many times as possible, but we're not Democrats. So it, it, they can only cheat so much. And as the country gets worse and worse, more people fight back. And, you know, we saw Trump was up. I don't know what platform this is going to be on, so I'll be careful with my words. We saw Trump was up by hundreds of thousands in multiple swing states. And then the next morning, things changed, right? But we also saw in Virginia that when they tried to rig it, we had attorneys in the right locations to stop that. In Fairfax County, I remember Harmeet Dillon was tweeting about it saying, don't worry. I know they stopped counting. We are boots on the ground, eyes on the ballots right now. We're going to start counting back soon, court orders, et cetera. We pulled it off. We turned a blue state red. We got all statewide offices uh, in Florida. I live in Florida, and we have very good, fair elections. There's still some work to be done. Uh, you know, is DeSantis, uh, you know, 20 points? Uh, uh, you know, he won by 19, 20 points. Is he that good? Maybe. But guess what? We have free and fair elections in Florida. And that's what happens. I believe America is a 60, 40 country. If we actually had clean elections, you take out the fraud in California and New York, and we've got a nail biter at least. So um, I, I think that your son should vote. And I think that he should also become involved and potentially be a poll watcher or, uh, you know, some type of volunteer at the ballot box to make sure that these people can't rig it so openly. 
Yeah, it, well said. And yeah, I am excited for him too. He is, out of all my kids, he's the one that's into it the most. He seems to take it, you know, he's on the debate team in school and he's just into the issues and stuff like that. And it is just sad to see, like, I know I had Carrie Lake on here a few weeks ago, uh, what oh. went down with her election and she got robbed out in Arizona. So it just makes, it just makes you feel like, it almost seems like it's an impossible, I think it's Trump's biggest opponent in the election. I don't think his biggest opponent is Biden or DeSantis. I, I think it, it's a fair election. It seems like that's the biggest deal. And I think you tweeted it too, like, you know, it's easy to defend against Marxist ideology, but how do you stop these unfair elections? And that seems to be the key. If it, if it is a fair election, I think he wins hands down because even no other president saw the kind of increase. And people always argue and say, well, Trump shouldn't have opened his mouth. He talked too much. He turned a lot of people away. And if that was the case, you would have saw less people voting for Trump in 2024. But that's not what happened. You saw 11 million more Americans vote for Trump the second time around, which says what he's doing is working and gaining more votes, not losing them yeah think of how many ballots were thrown away by democrat post workers i mean it, it's probably oh I, it, it saddens me and you know who knows what's going on with the machines but carrie lake is, is a great example she's someone i admire i think she's you know one of the biggest maga leaders in the country goes without saying i'd love to see her in the white house in some capacity and what she showed is we can't just vote on election day we have to vote early right get there early because their new tactic it's it's shutting down the machines in republican areas uh, or running out of ballots uh, or having long lines so vote early i'm still not fully sold on mail-in ballots okay i know some might be but i in florida it's generally pretty good you can get a verification that they received it you can see it counted all that but in a lot of other states i don't trust as much but vote early right we don't need to just vote on election day so vote early yeah, I know. And my eight-year-old daughter asked me if she could vote too. I said, "Well, if we were Democrats, we could probably get you in the booth to pull the, you know, to 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 vote. Maybe it would count that way." Uh, but but you know what? Also, too, since you're down in Florida, obviously, uh, Ron DeSantis and, and it kind of sucks to see this within the, the infighting that's happened here, because Ron DeSantis was a prominent uh, person in the Republican Party now going head to head. And it's getting ugly, getting messy between him and Donald Trump. And you hate to see it. Uh, what should, now obviously now Vivek Ramaswamy, I've interviewed both guys. I had them both on my other podcast, First Class Fatherhood, interviewed both of them. Uh, now they seem to be neck and neck for second place here. Uh, obviously a distant uh, second place from the top. Uh, what's your take on the two candidates here? If any, who do you like better? So Ron DeSantis, I think, is the greatest governor in our lifetimes, at least mine. Uh, and he should not have run this term. I think his he's being manipulated by bad people, by bad donors who are very pro-China interests. Ken Griffin is terrible. He's got uh, billions of dollars tied up in China with his stocks and bond trading. And, you know, I think these money people thought they could use DeSantis to, to stop Trump and serve the dual purpose of weakening both Trump and DeSantis. Because when it comes down to it, I don't think they really like DeSantis that much either. Uh, but I think it was a bad move for DeSantis to run. Uh, and I'm frankly glad to see that Trump is pulling away in the polls because we do need these people to drop out and unify. Vivek Ramaswamy is a hundred times worse than DeSantis, in my opinion. He is from Big Pharma. So I started to look around. I didn't pay attention to this guy. And then I saw him starting to get a little traction. And I'm like, all right, hold on. Who, who, who? I've never even heard of this guy until five months ago. And frankly, I'm not that impressed. I started to do some digging. Oh, my gosh, people. 
if you just go back a year, two years, he was pro-vax. He was pro-mask. He attacked Trump on January 6th. He said, all conservatives, it's their personal responsibility to wear a mask. I'm like, how is this guy doing this, right? Uh, he owns a company called Royvant Sciences. In 2022, last year, they got a 25% buy-in from Pfizer. This guy, and then he stepped down from the board in 2023. This guy got rich off Pfizer money. And now he's basically spewing out these buzzwords that he reads on our Twitters. Men are men. Women are women. Family is cool. The Constitution's great. And I'm like, this guy is so fake. He's so fake and disingenuous. He never even voted before 2020, from what I've read. How do we know who he is? But we've seen him under pressure during COVID, and he was basically a big pharma Democrat. So I'm a hell no to Vivek. Yeah, one thing I will say uh, about Vivek, I had him, like I said, I did an interview with him, and then he had me come out to his place to, to be interviewed on his podcast. Where it just This was early, like uh, probably February, January, something like that, before before he gained any traction. And I, I never had heard of him before he decided to run for president either. One thing uh, that I did like that I saw when I was there doing an interview on his podcast was he was taking notes on what I was saying. And a big part of my thing, uh, Rogan, is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in the country. I, I, I harp on that on my other show it's the basis of the whole podcast just so many kids growing up without a father without a father figure and in my opinion it's the number one social issue we have in the country so when i was there with him giving him the statistics talking to him about the crisis and what it's causing and how you know we try to solve all these other issues of homelessness crime uh, and teenage suicide teenage pregnancy, none of it's going to change unless we focus on strengthening the family units and this guy was sitting there multi-millionaire taking notes on what i was saying and then incorporated it into his campaign the following week or the following two weeks and now he's still talks about. So I thought that was pretty cool that he did that. Again, I didn't know about his background. I, I never heard of him uh, before this had happened, before he decided to run. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good thing in a way, but this guy's a chameleon. That kind of just reinforces my point. He's just looking around and saying, alright, what are all these MAGA people saying? What are the talking points? Alright, Alec is a big deal. He's a big voice. What does he want? That's It's like, he's like trying to, He's because like, he was a law student, right? He went to Yale. He's a smart guy. He took Soros money. He got a Soros scholarship, and they tried to get it deleted off his Wikipedia. He paid people. He, he, he got that. the WEF. Uh, he got $90,000 from Paul Soros, George Soros' brother. And he asked him about it. He's like, yeah, well, he's dead, so what does it matter? I'm like, dude, when I was in law school, I went to a pretty fancy one, too. I was joining the Federalist Society and arguing conservative debates. I wasn't begging the Soros family for money and then telling people later to put on a mask and, you know, taking Pfizer money. I mean, the guy's totally... so. It almost makes perfect sense that he would write down what you're telling him because you're giving him the cheat codes of what we actually want to see. And this guy's just, I think he's just a fraud. I think he's a chameleon, uh, a snake oil salesman who knows how to say the right things. But we need someone that is tough as hell to fight the deep state. And we've seen President Trump under pressure. He's got the most indictments, the most impeachments, the most investigations. And that's why I am going to vote for him. That's why I support him, because I want the guy that the deep state fears the most. Yeah, and, and there's no doubt about myself either. It's Trump's uh, presidency to lose right now. I'm, I'm, I'm with Trump all the way on this. And, and as far as DeSantis goes, again, I liked him as well. when he, I had him on the show when he did the uh, Fatherless Initiative bill down in Florida, which I think more governors need to do in this country. I pray to God that they will. But that's why I had him on. And I, I agree that it wasn't the right time. I just think that if he would have threw his weight behind Trump this time around, 
the keys to the car were his in 2028. I mean, and he would have had the full backing of Trump in 2028. So why he would decide to play it this way is mind boggling to me. Exactly. And honestly, it, it, it shows a little bit of uh, malevolent intentions lying underneath. It, you just got reelected in a landslide to be governor. You're not only abandoning your state, but you're trying to take down the person who put you in that governor's seat, sir. I was here in 2018 when you couldn't beat a guy named Adam Putnam, who's a not very impressive primary candidate. And DeSantis was a congressman at the time and Trump's endorsement. You know, he, he fashioned his whole campaign off Trump. Build the wall with his little kid, you know, which is, it was a nice commercial. We loved it. But uh, the guy wouldn't even be a, a household name if it weren't for President Trump. So that disloyalty really irks me and a lot of other people, because if you'll do that, if you'll cross President Trump, what makes us think you won't cross us when, 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 when push comes to shove, when you're actually in office. So it raises a lot of questions. So I, I'm personally, I, I agree. I was a 2028 DeSantis guy, but I'm, I'm open to other options at this point. I'm not off the DeSantis train entirely for 28, but uh, I, I have a feeling a lot of big MAGA voices will step up who did not disrespect president Trump by running this time around and stopping this guy um, so, you know, I'd love to see someone like Matt Gates. I'd love to see someone like Carrie Lake. I'd love to see, you know, there's a whole, whole bunch of people, um, at this point that I would, I'd probably trust more. Yeah. I think, I think that's what it did too. It just seems like he broke the hearts of so many people, uh, especially I would imagine, <clears throat> excuse me, down in Florida that love governor DeSantis, and now he kind of pitted them against who they want for president. So I thought it was in bad taste, but, and I know now that he's, he's drawing back on his campaign, <clears throat> excuse me. Laying off staffers, I, I think the campaign, obviously, it just seemed like it was a no brainer that this wasn't going to go like full steam ahead like it would have gone, I would think, in 2028. But and then on the other on the other side of the coin here uh, with the Democrats is the uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And it seems like the Democrats are just trying to derail, destroy his campaign at all costs. They're, they're out to out to get this guy. Uh, does he stand any now? Two scenarios here. One, does he have a chance going head to head with Biden? And number two, if Biden does step down and doesn't run, does he have the chance head to head against Gavin Newsom? Yes and yes. Uh, the Kennedy name, you know, I'm originally from Massachusetts. The Kennedy name is ingrained in the Democrat voter. I mean, it's it's I, I don't know how any of them could actually not vote for a Kennedy if they see it on the ballot. Uh, so yeah, he is absolutely a formidable threat. And the fact that they're trying to censor him so much, uh, only, only further proves that. So, you know, RFK is interesting and, and he's tapping into a lot of what Bernie Sanders tapped into socialism aside. Uh, but the anti-establishment vein of both parties is strong. The left just doesn't have a good, uh, leader for it at this point. RFK is stepping up, but you know, that's the difference between the right and the left. We fought like hell and put Trump in there and we're fighting like hell to keep him as the leader of our party. The left got completely steamrolled both times they put Clinton and Joe Biden on the ticket. And these guys were like, yeah, I guess that's who we'll vote for. I mean, they're such right. uh, obedient little, you know, NPCs. So, uh, yeah, he, he's a threat. And, you know, we'll see what happens. He, he can have a third party run. You might have a joint ticket. I, I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm about getting Trump in the White House at all costs possible. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, and and I do just about the uh, you know the I'm not I don't I don't stand with uh, RFK on a lot of his policies. The one that sticks out obviously is his on the vaccine and with the COVID stuff. And I believe, and for whatever reason, I I know that Trump sticks to the fact that you know he, he considers it a great deal what he did to bring the vaccine and get it out there. I think that if he if, if that bothers me, it drives me nuts when he still. Uh, sticks to the vaccine because, uh, in my opinion, that was a big mistake. I, I think that if uh, I think if he would in, in behind closed doors, I think he would say, if I could do this again, I never would have had this country shut down. I would have never allowed this thing to go fast forward. I think if he changed a little bit on the vaccine, he would gain more of the people who are kind of on the fence. I think if anything, people that voted for Trump, one of the reasons that turns them all turns them off now would be because of his stance still on the vaccine. Not that he wanted a mandate, but just that he still considers the vaccine to be a great accomplishment. There is a big difference between being a candidate, a pundit, a big pharma, whatever, and being the man in charge. You're governing an entire country. It's not just Republicans. There's Democrats. And I am also, I share your sentiments with everything you just said. And if anyone follows me on Twitter, you know that's true times five. Um, For the elderly, the risk-reward ratio was different. For young people, there's absolutely no reason that you should take that. It was all risk. There's no reward. For older people who are more frail, that 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 could that could play out. And and to have that actually available, I think uh, made it so that the regime would lower the temperature on on lockdowns, on masks, on getting back to normal because of that. Now, obviously, the mandates were a massive issue, and and you know, in hindsight, yeah, I think. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I still think you'd want the free market to be able to create that. What we really needed was the ability to speak freely about the side effects, the ability to look at the data that Pfizer tried to hide for 75 years, and the ability to have it be our individual choice. No pressure from employers, no pressure from schools, no pressure from federal government regulations. That was the major flaw. So uh, that's that's my understanding of it. But, you know, did I get it? Hell no. Did my wife get it? Hell no. Are we going to give it to our kids? Hell no. But that's our personal choice. And that's the way it always should have been. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Now, I didn't get it. Nobody in my family did as well. And and now just because we've seen what happened with LeBron James's son, 18 years old, heart attack on the court. We've seen uh, uh, who is a Tory Kelly or we, we, we've seen uh, just in the last couple of days, we've seen a bunch of people uh, dropping and we've seen it all year. I mean, we've been seeing this constantly over and over again, people dropping on live TV. And the minute you suggest or you ask, was what were they vaccinated? People say, oh, that that's irrelevant. You have no right. Don't ask that. Two years ago, everybody that I talked to wanted to know my vaccination status. If I wanted to go into a restaurant to eat or if I wanted to go anywhere, I had to answer the questions. Now, if you ask it, you're some kind of bad person. That's irrelevant. You shouldn't ask that. But I think most people right away, as soon as they see that an 18 year old kid that's healthy drops of a heart attack. The first thing you think of is, oh, my God, this kid must have been vaccinated, which it turns out that he was. Yeah, uh, it is unfortunate um, that. You know, I, I, I remember uh, when uh, the football player dropped on live TV and they called it. Yeah. And I got written up in Rolling Stone and Vanity Fair. How dare Rogan you attribute it to, you know, what it actually is. Uh, we're not stupid. People are waking up. And unfortunately, more and more people are going to continue 
dropping like this, young, healthy athletes. This never happened. You'd hear of like maybe one or two cases every year of some young athlete that just drops. It turns out they had some deep congenital heart issue that no one ever knew about. Now this is happening all the time, and we're seeing so many strokes too. And, and these are just the celebrities. It's a thousand times worse for just regular people who don't get media attention and who also get silenced by their doctors and others saying, don't blame it on that. Oh, that was two years ago. Yeah, guess what? It aggregates and it's damaged over time. It's not overnight. So it's called a long-term side effect, which they would not talk about or allow us to talk about. And they had no data on it because they just pumped it out so quick. So um, it's, it's absolutely tragic and one of the things that upsets me the most is i have loved ones and friends and fellow americans that took this we need to find a solution and part of that is talking honestly about what is causing these injuries and what we can do with regular medicine to treat them early and save lives so that more people don't become victims of the big pharma scam yeah, I, well said. Yeah, but instead of avoiding that it's happening, let's address that it's happening and figure out a solution. I I, I love that because we, we keep seeing it over and over again. And the minute you question it, you're called a conspiracy theorist. I mean, we've seen Jamie Foxx. Something went radically wrong. He did a video and said basically everything except what happened health-wise, what happened to him. But I think it's going to take somebody like that of a big status to come out and say, hey, uh, this happened to me because of the vaccine. And that will turn the tide a little bit here. we just seen Project Veritas put out uh, the Pfizer document there that they knew that myocarditis was going to be a major issue in pe young people, specifically young people under the age of 29. They knew this going ahead and they wanted to keep this locked up in secret for five decades or more. They, they didn't want anybody to see this. And now we can see it. And people are still, if you question it, they still think you're a conspiracy theorist. So, you know, if, 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 and, and they're going to launch these smears against you, they're going to harass you. But you know what? If I saw someone drowning in a lake, and I was about to go run and jump in and save them. If someone called me a conspiracy theorist, I'm still running and jumping in that lake. If someone's being mugged and I'm going to go save them, they call me, I'm still going to go stop them from being mugged. It's the same principle here. We have to save people's lives. And that requires telling the truth boldly, courageously, and loudly so that people can say, you know what, I have been feeling a little something in my chest. Maybe I should go, go get it checked out. And then they get saved before it gets worse. So I personally am going to be loud as hell about these vaccine injuries until the truth is able to be discussed, until these innocent people can be treated so that we don't have any more of these teenagers dropping dead or having heart attacks in the middle of a basketball game. Yeah, right on with that. And every time I do see this, it does reinforce my decision to not get my own kids vaccinated, to not take the vaccine myself. And I, and I thank God that uh, I didn't feel pressured into, into trying to do that with my own kids. And my heart does go out to all these parents who did vaccinate their kids and now are watching this all take place and are worried about their own. So uh, and another one, you, you talk about uh, someone drowning in the lake there. The other conspiracy theorist, Obama's chef who drowned in a shallow pond, uh, the minute I, I put a poll on Twitter just to say, hey, was, was this murder or an accident? And 85% of the people said, you know, murder. Uh, do you think it's a murder? Yes. And the responses to the poll are all, you're better than this. Uh, how dare you? This is insensitive and all this. And it's like, wait a minute, all I'm doing is asking a question here. And the majority of people seem to think something was off here with this whole thing with the chef. What, what's your take on that? 
well, not, not many people die each summer on Martha's Vineyard. And for one of the people to die tragically, to be the chef of a former president of the United States, in my opinion, certainly requires an extensive investigation. And I posted some questions on Twitter. How long until someone called 911? Who was the second paddleboarder out there? And yeah, you mentioned it was shallow water. It was eight feet. You can drown in eight feet, but that's not too bad. And there is videos of him swimming. He, he there's other posts where he said he wasn't the best swimmer, and he could, you know. But you got the paddleboard right there. You can't just grab onto it. You know, what does the autopsy show? Was it cause of drowning? Uh, what does the surveillance footage show? This is the president, former president's house. There's cameras every ten feet. You ever been to Mar-a-Lago? You can't go five feet without Secret Service. And, and now we find out that the Obamas were actually on the island, even though the initial report said that they weren't. Okay, that's suspicious. The daughters leave this up. I don't know if it's murder at this point. It certainly requires an investigation. A man lost his life in, in a tragic way, and he's married, he's got kids. That's terrible. This man deserves justice in the sense that every box should be checked, every angle should be looked at, whether it was the Obama family or not involved in, you know, people that potentially want to hurt the Obamas, political enemies. I mean, you want to know the full situation here. And I would think that his family will be the first ones to be asking these kind of questions. I know I would if it was a family member of mine. I would want to get to the bottom of it. And it's funny how our whole culture seems to be uh, addicted to crime TV, real life drama, true crime podcast. But the minute you ask, hey, this is a suspicious. Death. Oh, that's we don't want to investigate that. We don't want to talk about it. It's like, how could you not ask the questions when you see it? Uh, so hopefully, you know, and again, you know, it's so sad that, you know, this guy has a wife, he's got children, he's got a family, and he's become the headline news because he was the chef of a former president. And it happens to be that's the way it works in our in our society. So uh, I know I'm keeping you pretty long here. Last thing I want to get from you is if you had to go to Vegas and put a bet down today, who does Trump select for his vice president? Who do you want him to pick for the vice president? Who do I want? Kerry Lake. Who do I think is a sleeper that could surprise people? Anna Paulina Luna. She got the Adam Schiff vote. Uh, she whipped the votes for that and got that passed. I mean, in a Congress where we can't get anything actually done, she did that as a freshman congresswoman. Um, I like Byron Donalds. Those are my top picks for now. Who do you like? I like Carrie Lake. I, I think it would be a great ticket to have. And I, I think I would love to see. I know it wouldn't happen, but if I could make the choice, I'd say Tucker Carlson. Oh, my gosh. That'd be a dream. I didn't even think about that. That'd be. Yes. I think that would be a dying. I think that would be explosive ticket. I would, I would, I would love to see that. I don't think it would happen, but uh, I, I think the favorite I would have to say is Carrie Lake. I, the one in my heart I would pick would, would be Tucker. You know, Tucker, the best leaders are the ones that don't want the role. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's, that's Tucker to a T, right? So I don't know. I, I I love Tucker. I met him once. I did an interview up in Maine with him, and he's just he's exactly how he is on on camera. In fact, he's probably even a little spicier. So uh, he's he's I would support the hell out of him. Yeah, I I would too. All right, so I've kept you here long enough. Uh, Rogan O'Hanley, DC Drain. I love what you do. I got the tags down there, uh, you know, for your Twitter account. Uh, thank you so much for giving me this is an honor for me. Thanks for giving me a few minutes of your time on the Alex Lay Show. Thank you, Alex, for having me on. 
All right, how awesome was that? DC Drano, thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time here. If you're not following him on Twitter, you are missing out. He's one of the best follows on Twitter, especially if you're a patriotic uh, MAGA American. you got to be following DC Drano, either on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere on social media. He really has blown up. His content is always a banger. So check him out if you have not. It was so cool to have him on here. And there is a lot of work to get done. Uh, I really do believe, as we were talking about, uh, making sure we have a free, fair election is the most important thing. Otherwise, it doesn't matter what candidate we put up there. None of it's going to matter. So I pray to God we will have a fair election this time around. So make sure you guys follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. I'm working as hard as I can to bring you guys the best guests possible. Uh, so follow me over there. If you're not following me here on Rumble, hit that follow button. Uh, same thing goes if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify. Help me out here. I've been blessed to have so many great guests, so many great listeners so far. Uh, on the new podcast here. If you're not, check out my other show, First Class Fatherhood. I uh, just recently had Navy SEAL Remy Adelake on there, and I always have great guests on there as well. So check that out. And again, I'm making the swim with the SEALs across the Hudson River in the fifth annual Navy SEAL New York City Swim. So check out my campaign down there as I try to raise money for the Navy SEAL Foundation. All right, I will be back here with you guys next week on Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on Rumble. Again, follow me on Instagram or follow me on Twitter, at Alec Lace. Same goes on Facebook. All right, God bless all of you out there that are listening. God bless our parents in this country. God bless our first responders and our military. And God bless America. Have a good weekend. I'll catch you next week.